revolution is like Saturn. It devours its own children. George Buckner. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Secrets of Saturn. I am Jason Lindgren, your host. On tonight's episode, we have Santos Bonacci. For over 30 years, Santos has been researching the ancient works, compiling and translating them into more accessible terms in his study of astrotheology. Santos lives in Melbourne, Australia, where he presents regular seminars and webinars on demand. He also has presented lectures and workshops around the world. Hello and welcome to the show, Santos. Yeah, thank you, Jason. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Yep. All right. Do you want to talk a little bit about who you are and uh, your past work before we get into our subjects for tonight? Okay. Well, um, I'm just a, um, I guess, uh, the average uh, Australian-type individual, really, on one level. Grew grew up in country Victoria, Australia, uh, with uh, Italian-migrated parents from southern Italy. And uh, so um, what was unique, I guess, if there was anything unique about the way I grew up was that it was, um, I was bilingual. Um, we spoke uh, English and Calabrian. So really my first language was Calabrian, and that is a dialect of uh, Italian. That was pretty unique that um, sort of gave me the energies and dynamics of my life now. Language, the fact that I was... Um, Understanding and speaking two languages was very important for me. Um, and the other thing was my parents became Jehovah's Witnesses uh, after I was baptised at the age of two as Catholic. And that was very significant too because it affected how I went to school. It affected how I grew up in terms of, uh, you know, you, you, you get a, a certain kind of a bent when your parents, you know, teach you uh, or bring you up in an in a institution or a certain way. So those two things were really significant. One gave me theology, one gave me languages. And, um, and I guess I've never really veered from that. Um, I, I then started playing the guitar when I was about eight or nine or something like that, and I've always been a guitarist since. That gave me another dimension, which is music. Um, apart from that, I was never really that good at school, probably good at English. I got good grades with English all the time, uh, not, not with mathematics, nothing exceptional at all, except I was a good gymnast, um, good, um, really, I'm not big, um, at all in stature, but I've got, I'm pretty strong, you know, like I've always had great strength. I used to do gymnastics, somersaults, trampolining, so that was pretty good physically, but, um, Apart from that, nothing exceptional at all at school, man. I was really just struggling all the time. But but I did have this theological bent. I had the lang- linguistic thing and music. And um, I remember looking up the stars and um, really want- wanting to know the constellations. So I got myself a telescope. I was only at, I don't know, 11, 12. I begged my mother to get me this super-duper telescope. Um, and so... You know, all those things really stick out in in my mind because um, they give you the the sort of foundation for, um, you know, where where you go for the rest of your life, really. Anyway, um, so now I'm doing uh, syncretism and, you know, esoteric sciences. In fact, all sciences, not just esoteric sciences, whatever. Everything is um, unified and interrelated via 
um, the neutral syncretism. Syncretism is neutral. It's not a religion or theology. It's just the the science of merging all things and showing the interrelatedness of all things. And so, so I know that we've got today's um, topic is of course Saturn and. Um, you know, Saturn is a planet. Saturn is an archetype. It's in mythology, it's a god, a cruel god. In astrology, he's a, a greater malefic, which means a really naughty boy. You know, he's not <laughs> the Messiah. <laughs> and uh, Mars is a lesser benefic, but still a naughty boy. Both of those planets are of the archetype of Shiva in from the west with the swastika, from the east with the swastika. You know, both of those planets. In fact, all of the planets really really signify the cross. As Plato said, matter, the spirit in matter or mind in matter impressed itself in the form of a cross. This is why the cross is such a sacred, sacred symbol. It expresses the four elements, solid, liquid, gas and radiance, as we would, Plato would have said, um, earth, water, air and fire. Um, it expresses um, condition, you know, and so, the you know the four conditions of, of our reality. We, our body is is a is a fourfold body in terms of elements. You know these are elements, and um, and so the cross. Uh, as I show in my work too, I'm about to release a presentation called uh, Atomic Language, in which I show that um, all language, all words, all thoughts, all things come from atom. Atum in Egypt, Atom in Greek, Adam in Hebrew. Um, Atom, all, deri all derivations of that, you know, Latin, Saturn, all these are from the one root, which is Atom, which is the atomic nature of the universe. What language does that originally come from? What's that? You said Atom. <clears throat> what does that originally come from? Is that Latin? Um, atom, atom is Latin and Greek, yes. Atom, with a U, is Egyptian, and they said that all is atom, all. And so my uh, presentation I'm about to release called Atomic Language has 250 uh, PowerPoint pages of really dense, dense, dense research, and it's basically just um, supporting evidence of the fact that all is atom. All is atom. This is why we have anatomies. Um, this is why we study etymology, atomology. <laughs> it's all about the atom. And the atom is Adam. And Adam is the wave, the ecliptic, the sine wave. All secrets of creation are on the wave, as Walter Russell said. <laughs> and so and that's what all my work is. It's all based on that. Everything I do is based on the wave and uh, the ecliptic and how you can learn, um, you know, everything, everything, simply everything through the ecliptic. And the ecliptic is Atum. They are one and the same. And so this is um, – I thought I'd preface the um, information about Saturn with that because um, Saturn is the chief of Atum. Uh, in fact, Saturn, ten, um, uh, that's an atomic word. That's a first-order atomic word. What I call first-order atomic words are any word that has a T or a D, which is interchangeable, and a M and an N, which are interchangeable. And, and they can be reversed in the mirror. They can be um, mixed up, uh, anagrams, 
um, and they can be backwards, they can be, but they must have a T or a D or an M and an N. And all the vowels are included because um, I think you'll get more of an understanding why by the time we finish this and we, we will, we will um, uh, start from at the focal point of Saturn for all of this because it's the best place to start. He is the beginning of all things, Kronos, old man time, whatever is born in time will perish in time. That's why he has the scythe in his hand and he is the dude that visits you the night before you go. Not to make you scared, but to tell you that it's okay. You, you must, you must leave incarnation through the rings of Saturn at the Tropic of Capricorn. He is the ruler of Capricorn and that is the sign where souls exit. It's called the... Um, the gateway of the gods. The gateway of men is in Cancer. Right now, we're in Cancer. Ramadan, uh, Tammuz of the Jews, the month of fasting, mourning, because now the sun is waning, you see? Mm -hmm. And so you have to contemplate, you have to reflect, you have to stop eating and instead, instead of feasting, you have to be fasting because this is where, you know, uh, inner contemplation teaches you that you are in contact with a superior source. In and up you go, not down and out, because then you will be down and out. That's why, <laughs> that's why Jesus of the Sacred Heart is always pointing one to his heart and then one up to the heavens, because he's saying once you go in, the only true way to everlasting truth and everlasting life is in, inwardly, and not outwardly, and upward you go in quality to the superior place where we come from. So Saturn is this archetype of the old man, okay? So uh, the ancients said that he is the last, he is the seventh heaven. Below that are the, the heavens of the other six planets and, and luminaries and in this order, in the order of their rotation. So Saturn's 30 years, then Jupiter 12 years, then Mars 2 years, then the Sun, then Venus, then Mercury, then the Moon. So the Moon is actually the first sphere in which um, souls encounter on their way, uh, their return back, and Saturn is the last. They're very interconnected. The Moon has a twenty-eight, uh, sorry, a twenty-nine point four five day cycle. Saturn has a twenty-nine point four five year cycle. So the, one is the first, one is the last. That's, you know, the alpha and the omega. So all moon. those numbers line up like that? Should, like they're dead on like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, 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 you, do these, when you do these planetary um, um, orders, ordinarily, you can put Saturn first or the moon. You can go down the ladder or up the ladder. Moon's down the bottom at the red chakra, the base chakra, okay? That's the red color, moon, menstrual, bleeding, blood. She's the bleeder. And so she's red, and that's the color of the blood. And then the next one is the, the, the orbit in your body. This is the orbits. The next orbit is Mercury, then Venus. The heart is the sun in the middle. That's the heart chakra. Leo, the lion. That's the lion. And the toroidal fields, they all merge in the heart chakra. The, the most powerful vortices of magnetic energy are all centered in the heart. The others in the head in Aries, the cerebrum pineal gland rather, and the other one is the solar plexus. But, but the heart chakra, that's it, man. There's nothing like it. It's the core, the cur, the, the apple core. We are the apples of Apollo, 
because we are solar beings. If you could see the magnetic auric field that we, we carry with us as we go, as animals can and, and others can see, you would see that we are just, we are suns. We are embryos of suns, as so are the planets. Now, be, uh, above the uh, heart chakra, the thymus there, is the um, throat chakra, that's blue. And then you've got your two head chakras, pineal gland and uh, crown chakra, and they are purple, indigo, and violet. Above that is ultraviolet, can't see it. And above the, and below the red chakra is infrared, can't see that either. So that, those colors, seven colors of the rainbow, seven colors of your um, chakra system, etc., etc., those are the planetary gods that are above us, above the earth. The first one is the moon, and the last one is Saturn. And so Saturn is very, very important, very, very significant. He is Kronos, and he, he wears the crown. Now, this is very important you understand this because when we, when we go and discuss the sovereignty bit about the crown and, and these entities that turn up in your life, at, um, for instance, in the hospital, um, where you are to sign a certificate of registration and um, you put your children's sole of their feet on a piece of paper which specifically says crown copyright. Have you heard about selling your soul to the devil? You have, haven't you? Oh, yes. Yeah, well, that's where, that's where the journey begins because, see, the people who run that uh, maritime business, the Holy See of the Vatican... Uh, they know what's going on. They're in the salvage business. Anything that is born in time, time is Timmy, time, tempo, Kronos, Saturn. Anything that is born is in Satan's world. That's what it means. So I'm, I'm merging all philosophies here, man. So mm -hmm. no, no one needs to get offended that I'm talking about astrology or Satan or the Mormons or anything. It's all pure neutral syncretism where all sciences are flatly merged and brought into a oneness. Now, I've noticed and you've already – you're integrating many different um, – what would you call them? Sects or philosophies, yep. but it all makes sense. It all works with each other. Yeah, well, you know, the mystic and the philosopher um, were required to know this. I mean, if you can't syncretize, well, then you're still dwelling in the land of opinion, sense, and a false knowing. Those are the three bottom chakras, opinion, sense. These are seven conditions of consciousness. The first condition is the lowest is opinion, you see. And then sense, where you become more sensible and get common sense, <laughs> and then knowledge, and then wisdom in the heart and then intuition in the throat chakra, then theurgy, and then illumination in the crown chakra. This is all very important to, uh, to uh, connect the microcosm with this macrocosm, which is the planetary order of the world we live in. Now, um, these planets, see, the solar system is actually a solar cell. We live in a sphere. We do not live on a sphere. This is a... Um, this is a Vatican corporate false prophet lie that has been going on since Copernicus, you see. Um, inside the sphere is the sun. The sun is the life giver. He is, he, is, um, he is Adam. He is Atum. Santos, I have a question for you about the Vatican. Yep. How far up the ladder of um, hierarchy would you say before 
uh, a member would really know and understand these things? Uh, look, the common um, devotee, the common stock of the uh, like the these churches that are all infiltrated by the Freemasons, Freemasonry, and um, and on the other hand, the Jesuits. There's nothing that they do not infiltrate on this planet. They work together, but they are two poles of the same satanic Luciferian energy of um, demon worship. Um, on this planet, demons are demons are entities that human hum, humankind creates. Uh, the Vatican families have created many demons, and we're still worshiping them. You know, the false uh, image and the false idol is the false ID, the legal name. The false beast I haven't mentioned yet. The false prophet is the Vatican. All of these are, I will explain how they are to do with with um, Saturn, and um, and how the crown and all of this comes into it. But um, definitely, definitely higher up are the the pimps in Rome that are hiding behind the curtains of these uh, structures that they've created, like, you know, the Holy See and the Roman Curia, the Roman cult, the Vaticanus, the false prophet. Um, these these entities uh, uh, occupy the the, the, ent- the people that occupy them. They're kind of like a second order um, group that that um, are allowed to be um, visible to the public. The ostensible comp- components of the highest arcs of government that we have. Whereas this is not true. This is a great deception. Behind the Pope is another more powerful entity. It always does until it goes back to the archons that um, that allow this reality to be real. And those are the seven planets. Period. I was going to ask you about the archons when we got to that point. Yeah, well, those are those are absolutely uh, the seven planets, starting with the sun, because the sun is the only one that has direct energy uh, focused in it. It is the it is the life giver. The planets are acceptors of life and they reflect life and support life. But the sun is the true giver of life in his solar cell. Um, and so Saturn is the other pole of that. It's death. It's the death principle. They need The solar system needs both. You can't have just life um, in this in this. Um, material existence. You can have unconditioned life and that's where we come from. Our cause, our source is unconditioned life and our return is to that source. But but in temporal existence, in temporal conditioned existence, which is where we are now because obviously you can hear my voice, that's um, material, that's sound. Uh, obviously we've got uh, computers doing this... Um, communicating so this is all material and so this is um on this level you have life and death you must have so you must have the sun and his twin evil brother saturn um but saturn's not the only one that's doing it so is jupiter so is mars so is the moon because all of these they are all archetypes of the one supreme principle which is being being which transcends all conditioned living, including mind. And only the Neoplatonist 
and true hermetists are the ones that accept this understanding that reality is beyond mind, beyond thought, beyond the rational rationale, beyond reasoning. These, these um, conditions cannot accept truth. And, um, and, so, and so in that, in that level, you see, when, when folks talk about God and the Lord, they're mixing two things up. God is the eternal good, one of the principles from this being. Being precedes good as good precedes beauty. But these are all incorporated in the one. They all come from the one principle archetype, being. And this is, this is we the people, who we are. And so in, that's unconditioned everlasting, whereas we are now in the conditioned temporal. Temp, temp, you know, we heard that one before, haven't we? <laughs> Tempo, time, Saturn, Kronos, Satan. So the guys that run the business of salvaging, you know, i.e. vicar of Christ type dudes, uh, popes and bishops and cardinals, they're all in the business of saving us, right? You know, um, come to Jesus, we will save you, we are the Pontifex Maximus. <laughs> there's, there's no salus extra ecclesia non est. In other words, no salvation shall there be outside of Mother Church Catholic. Um, so what are they doing? They're saving us because... They couldn't exist if they didn't consider you to be a heretic, lost at sea, S-double-E. So the whole foundation of um, time and Saturnian worship and the crown and kings wearing crowns and bar members, you know, um, selling their souls to Kronos, the crown, um, and playing this masquerade of the legal name business. Uh, it's just a mercenary uh, merchandise commercial system of enslavement from Rome, you know. And everybody's quite subscribed to it and happy and believe that it's law and lawful and all good. And um, Does that, that go all free. the way back to the Roman Empire? Absolutely 100%, man. This is what the Jewish revolt was all about. They didn't want a legal name. They didn't want to be registered. But Augustus started, the Caesars started this registration of the legal name, you know. Um, you know, you've got to register your name. Regis is not a record, you see. They destroyed the recording, um, the, the recording of births in, in nations and they created the registration of, of um, births in countries. These are, these are all legal fictional entities that they created, demons. And so... Um, what what they're, they're doing now is they're registering um, their business name. It's Crown Property. You know, you have really, truly no um, right at all to use it. And that's the only thing that they've got over us in that, um, you know, that we're using that name and not knowing that it is selling your soul to the devil. Does this relate to the corporate identity uh, with the letters all in capitals? Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's the um, capitus um, maxima. There's three kinds of name. There's capitus maxima, capitus um, media, and ca capitus um, diminutia. So, no, no, I think I've said that wrong. But, yeah, maxima is all caps, okay? It's like the same name that you see on your coffins, okay, all capital, because caputus means head off, dead, <laughs> <laughs> capital, caput. Capital offense. 
Yeah. Yeah, and so these guys are actually working with dead fictional names and that's why they summons you to court because they can't – you can only summons the dead. And so, and so this is how government becomes a covenant. The bar are a coven. They are a coven of witches and a den of thieves and they are virtually the money changers that were condemned. There's only two entities that were condemned in the Christian Greek scriptures by – um, Jesus, the, the uh, archetype and um, mystical hero, and they are money changers mm-hmm. and lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but the, the, they are Saturnian. Now, see, when we start um, seeing reality from a dualistic plane, and we're, we're very judgmental, and we condemn them for being evil, that's fine, you know. But um, Many many times, their evil acts has re- have have actually resulted in in good, because um, you know they may have put someone in prison um, because they're going to make money on the prison bonds. Of course, those are the most valued bonds on the market now. Prison bonds. That's why prisons are, they're building more and more prisons because rich folk know how to make a lot of money out of the the, the prison bonds. You see, um, so but some of those guys that get incarcerated come out better because they were better. Um, others don't, but the point is that if we've got two things going on, okay? We've always got two things going on. It's good and evil on this plane. It's a conditioned temporal plane, and here we are, so we have to deal with it. But once we go beyond that to the unconditioned uh, everlasting which is our true nature, then we don't. This the the judgment matters not. The illusion is all unfolded, and and the experience is is gained, and we bring that home, and we become better when we return. Just like Ulysses was better when he returned to Penelope and regained his his status in the higher mind, as having saved you know his higher self. So Saturn, whilst you know many people connect so many evils to him, so the greatest of all good comes from, from Saturn, old man time, our father, our grandfather, um, because he will, he is the one that will honestly and truthfully release us into, um, you know, the true higher planes outside this octave of suffering. Uh, and this off, this octave of suffering is, um, is basically the, um, the world of, of lumen, which is mundane light, and those are the seven colors of the rainbow. And that's why we have seven chakras in that color. And so as we ascend the, the seven consciousness levels from opinion to illumination, and we go from the red to the violet, um, see red is always associated with um, fear, um, anger, red anger, oh, I'm red hot. <laughs> It's, and and, so, and it's it's got a long vibration, so it actually is truthfully, truly, um, you know, inclined to induce fearful states. Whereas that purple or, or um, violet, which is the highest frequency that we can see before white light, you know, or before anything ultraviolet, that one there is known to heal exceedingly, and and also the green of the heart chakra, and so. Um, you know, we see the order of the cosmos in our chakra system, red down below in hell, 
Uh, in the middle, you have the Midgard, which is the green chakra. That's associated with the green earth that man st- stands upon. Hence, it's the middle garden. But man is always looking with his head upward, as the animals cannot, because they have a horizontal spine. And so, as we look upward, we see a blue sky, hence the blue throat chakra above the green heart chakra. And that sky, um, that is the portal, that blue color, that sky, that represents heaven, into the head, which is high heaven. Anything heaved up or high up is called heaven, heaved. Mm. And so... And that is the, the and there are two astrological signs in the head. Aries the first at the top, which corresponds with the cerebrum, and Taurus the bull, which corresponds with the lower brain, the cerebellum, the cerebellum. And um, and then all the, the other signs go down the body from Gemini, Cancer, Leo in the heart, all the way down to Pisces, the two feet. And this is the temple, and of you know, of old man time, of Saten or Aten or Adam the ecliptic. And it's and it's all about how they rule the ecliptic is they are the rulers of the ecliptic because they are forever travelling and wandering on the ecliptic. That is their true home. In fact the sun is the only orb that sticks to the ecliptic and does not decline or declinate. Um, it can only right ascend. So astronomers teach you that, you know, you're, you're, if, you're, if you're on, say, Google Sky, you need to put in the coordinates and you, you don't have latitude and longitude up in the sky. You've got right ascension for your longitude and your latitude is um, dec- declination. So the sun is never suffering of any kind of declination. He is the true right ascender, Ra, of meridian. Ram and he and right ascension of meridian Ram always begins in zero degrees Aries, the Ram, and so that's how astronomy you see it syncretizes with astrology. They all the sciences do, and so Saturn Saturn's role Saturn does not he declines, you see, and he's always either um, you know positive in declination plus. Above the equatorial ecliptic of the sun, you know, it's just an imaginary line up there in the belt of the zodiac, which is 18 degrees wide and, and in segments of 30, 30 degrees. And, uh, and so um, Saturn is basically the, the ruler of the whole thing because his orbit is um, rounded off to 30 years, you see. So um, there are 30 degrees in each in each uh, sign, and, and Jupiter's orbit is 12 years, and there are 12 signs. So the, all, of, all of these numbers and these planets and these archetypes, they are all interrelated. And as Plato said, all is made by the power of number. Hmm. Number, yeah, numbers, the, all the gods, all the archetypes are numerical, sacred, geometrical forms and conditions of the one everlasting unconditioned. The everlasting unconditioned, the infinite of infinites, is uh, always producing infinites from its infinite, you know, uh, power source. And so they are, you know, this is why there's so much confusion in theology, but it's simple, it's so simple. You either, you, you, you know, you either see the God, God as 
a unit, which it is. That's the supreme principle and archetype. And then you see it in its diffusions as the demigod, the mind god, because mind is a condition. As Plato said, mind is a, um, you know, it's the, it's the, um, the root of division in the universe, mind. So you've got this one and you've got this two. One is being, atum, and two is mind, which is the firstborn of being, the son of God. And this is this is the this is virtually the only, and all the names of gods come from that one, from the second god, from mind god, conditioned god, the creator, the demiurgos, creator of solar systems, creator of everything that is moulded and formed, the potters of Memphis, the archons, the Elohim, um, you know, and they all descend from this supreme being archetype. You see. And so, but the, the confusion there is in, in, in the names of the dualistic part of, of reality. You see, Plato called it duality in unity. That's what's going on. And so it's, it's very, very simple. All the philosophers, all the theologians, mystics, all of them spoke of this one and two uh, phenomena, you know, um, and one and two make up 12 you see, that's why 12 is the truly, root 12 is the true system of this universe. The reason why Tesla said um, the secret of creation lies in the number 3, 6 and 9, he forgot to add 12, which is the last and final uh, key number to his cipher. But he's very, he was very smart. He was hiding it quite, um, quite well. But if he had have added the 12, um, then we would have understand that all multiples of 12 um, produce, uh, re, um, reduce to the numbers 3, 6, 9 in, in perpetuity. You see, 12, 24, 36, let's take the first three for instance. Um, 12, 1 and 2 is 3. Uh, 24, 2 and 4 is 6. 36, 3 and 6 and 9. And then, of course, after that, you start again. 48, 4 and 8, 12, which is 1 and 2. So you need to take your pick. Are we going to call it 12 or are we going to call it 3? Well, Tesla, he knew what he was doing. It's 369, 369 forever in route 12. That's why we have 12 signs of the zodiac, 12 labors that we are here to perform, 12 systems that make up the body, 12 cranial nerves, 12 petals in the heart chakra, 12 uh, nerve uh, plexuses in the solar plexus, the third chakra. Um, Is this why symbolically that gets used, like Jesus and the 12 disciples, for instance? Yeah, well, look at the name Jesus. It's not Yeshua. Jesus is is a Roman compromise of Jupiter Zeus. You know, the mm-hmm. Latin Jupiter and the Greek Zeus, and then they reduced it to Jesus. So his, orb, his orbit is 12 years. Of course he has 12 disciples and 12 apostles because that's the name of those signs of the zodiac. They're posts, and Jupiter is the key ruler in, in that of 12, in 12-ness. Jupiter is perfection of 12, of mind. And he spends a year in each sign, you see. So this is a perfected um, being, 
a perfected God. These are gods. Zeus is a god, man. Um, you know, when when you see that spark of light in the heavens, and you see, and you call that a star or a planet or whatever you want to call it, that is a focal center of consciousness of that particular archangel called Ariel, Jupiter, and Saturn uh, is um, Cassiel, and Mars is Samael, and the Sun is Michael, and the Moon is um, Gabriel, and um, Mercury's Raphael, you see, and these these are these are beings. So when people, um, for instance, there's a lot of news getting around about um, the moon wave that's being photographed, mm-hmm. filmed. Um, Saturn's rings are changing. Jupiter's composition's changing. We've now got photos of Pluto. Blah blah blah. All of this. All we're doing is we are puny little. Um, beings that have very, very poor vision. We can only see in that very, very thin sliver of the um, visual lights of the, of the light spectrum, which is infinite. And, um, and we think, you know, oh, that's just a planet, um, you know, and it reflects light, blah, blah, blah. It's got hydrogen and Jupiter is just a hydrogen helium uh, gas giant. Same with Saturn, same with the sun, uh, Mars is, um, also a gas giant, Venus is, look, it's, it's, they are all parts, only some parts of the body of the God that they are, and they are gods, hmm. and we are God. See, as I said, everything is gods that goes back to the one God, and, and that's basically the root of existence, this God, this eternal good. As the Neoplatonists said, they are one and the same, interchangeable. And so, um, and Saturn is the prototype of all of them. He is the chief supreme photo, uh, prototype um, in the physical world. Everything beyond the physical world, he has no dominion over, and that is in the in the realm of his father, Uranus. Uranus means the heavens, and um, Uranus is the ruler of um, the eighth sphere. Saturn is, of course, the Shiva, the seventh. He is the um, the seventh Sabbath planet. Saturn day, the Sabbath. Sunday is the first day. Um, but they're always together. You see, on the weekend, Saturn and Sun, Saturn day and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very peculiar with these two brothers, these two twins, Horus and Set, uh, sunrise and sunset. Um, one is daylight, one is darkness, one is direct energy, one is reflected energy, see? But the fact is this, that Saturn's light is um, that ultraviolet, yeah, sorry, it's, the, it's that violet light. That's the light of Saturn. That's the true light of Saturn on the, on the um, evolutionary uh, arc of our, um, you know, our spiritual evolution. But on the involution arc, um, Saturn's light is the red light. And so he gives us um, a vice rather than a virtue. But what we have to do, see, souls descending through Saturn's rings um, um, receive the vestments of those planets. You see, Saturn gives you prudence, Jupiter, uh, reason and rationale, Mars, um, will. The sun, divine will, Venus gives you sensual nature and love. Um, 
Mercury also communication and the moon imagination and so and then the earth gives us this this vestment called the physical body all the minerals that we have basically are her, hers and we have to give those back leave them in the tomb before we depart but the thing about this solar system is that these seven um, uh, archons uh, these seven archetypes that we have to be able to um, uh, escape escape their 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 force which is um, pushing downwards um, and they are also pushing up pulling upwards there's no mistake about that they are our enemies and they are our friends um, beyond their realm once we lose the bodies beyond their realm then you know, there's no enemies and there's no friends. There's just being. You see, so it's it's a playful world, man. It's um and and Saturn is the supreme archetype of how it works. It's all about temporal conditioned existence, and the mind that we have that comes from these seven Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, uh, or uh, Little Red Riding Hood, whichever nursery rhyme you want to apply, it, it will always supremely end up in the sun. The sun is, uh, again, as I said, on another level, he's also the supreme one. They are both saviors. You know, it's it's um, they are true Lucifers. Lucifer means light bearers. The mm-hmm. yeah, the the light that. Um, that uh, Saturn brings is is an interior light, which is you know um, which is also connected to the infinite and intuition. This is why um, again it, it really complicates the the matter of Saturn, the discussion of Saturn. It it is the most um, the most removed of polarities within that archetype. Saturn is just so dramatically. Um, dualistic, it's not funny. And so this is where uh, people get um, really um, complicated in their beliefs. You see, um, anyone who's a Satanist is basically someone who has a good Saturnian energy about them. Anyone who is a sinner, well, sin is goes to, sinner is the moon. Sin is the ancient name in uh, Chaldea for the moon. Mm-hmm. So, you see, these are derogatory names that we carry through us and we learn from church and, and from, you know, our colloquialisms and uh, idiosyncrasies that, you know, heretics, sinners, Satanists, witches, these all come from the orbs. You see, and the most the most um, looked down on and and the condemned are always Saturn and the Moon, sinners and Satanists. You know, but the root of the word will always bring you back to the archetype, the netta, the nature that they are. The the Egyptians called these nature gods netters, and so um, the the point of life is that once we receive and understand with intelligence their role, uh, you know, as entities outside of us but also within us. See, Saturn, Jupiter is not outside of you. He's in you. It, it is an archetype in you. He, he, is, he comes to you in um, uh, through certain organs like your liver. Jupiter rules the liver. Um, 
Ju- you know, some of the glands, like the, the third eye, that's Jupiter. That's why the Hindus put the bindi on the third eye. That's all Jupiterian. That chakra, the Aj- Ajna chakra, that's Jupiter. And so it's in you. Saturn is in you. It's the crown chakra. Uh, it's your spleen. Uh, it's your bones. Capricorn and Saturn, the ruler thereof, rule the bones and the skeletal system, hence political structure. It's the tenth sign. Ten is completion. So human completion. You know, we have ten fingers. Um, we have, you know, and ten is another word of, it's just aten, satin. Again, everything goes back to these atomic words. And so, yep, 10 is, um, see, this is why 12 is such a beautiful number because 12 is also related to the decimal system. And people don't realize that. When, when you uh, go down the, the um, multiples of 12, 12, 24, 36, like we did before, and we discovered 369, 369 in perpetuity, there is also 24680, 24680, 24680 in perpetuity. And that zero is 10. So 12 has got this incredible ability to be so flexible. It is the root of the universe. It truly is, together with the numbers 3 and 6 and 9. But 9 is peculiar. Because multiple of, multiples of 9 will always give you 9. 9, 18, 27. 18 is 1 plus 8, which is 9. 27 is 2, 7, 9. So, but the others will always go back to these key processional um, universal numbers which are all pivoting around 12. 12 is... In 12, you have four triads. The first triad, 1 to 3 is positive. Those numbers are positive numbers. Four to six, they are negative. Seven to nine are neutral and ten to twelve are transitory numbers. That's why um, uh, Tesla's cipher is is so clever because he only dealt with positive, negative and neutral. You don't have to explain transitory. Um, That is part of the cycle which is a resting part of the cycle. It's the true rest of every cycle, and um, and so that's and the the astrological science teaches us teaches us this because we have four seasons: spring, which is the beginning of all activity, the blossom, the fruit begins; summer, the harvest; autumn, the fall; and then winter is the true transitional period. So spring is positive, summer is negative, autumn is neutral, and winter is transitory. Those are those are the four conditions, and see, and along ecliptics, that's all you will get. Whether you're studying a photon or whether you're studying a galaxy, you will only get this this four parts of the cycle, and that's the cross, um, the cross of well existence. The universe is a, is basically um, um, impressing its spiritual forces upon matter in the shape of a cross, as Pythagoras said. Everything is impressed with that cross of matter. And, of course, um, the cross of all crosses is Saturn's. Um, The Japanese and Chinese uh, figure, um, glyph or kanji, for Saturn is basically just the Latin Latin cross with a a horizontal floor on it, uh, um, pedestal to stand on. So when you look at that Latin cross, the shape of the human torso, 
just standing erect with arms outstretched horizontally, that that is the kanji in China and Japan for Saturn. Dosei, Dosei is uh, his name. And um, it's also the kanji for Earth. Well, I wonder why. Why would the cross, the Latin cross, standing on a pedestal, be the kanji for both of Saturn and the Earth? Well, because Saturn's archetype is his power is coagulating it is it makes bones and, and muscle and it, he is the 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 artisan on the loom making you know putting flesh on bones and 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 tissue and blood and and um the representation of the physical exactly he is the foundation of it that's why the cross is the is the symbol of earth in kanji in in um uh, their beautiful um, Chinese characters. And so when you look at the astrological glyph for Saturn, you will also see the same cross. It's exactly the same, except in the Eastern system they have a, a flat line, whereas in the West we have a little squiggle just like a scythe. Mm-hmm. So at the, bottom, at the bottom of the cross you will see the scythe of Saturn. In other words, he is, also, he is life through the four elements, but he's also the scythe that beheads or caputs decapitus <laughs> the life and so that scythe is very very significant it is a great symbol it's a it's a very evocative esoteric symbol of the saturnian energy now the elite at rome and the cardinals who are the most evil of all the entities on the physical plane and are the earth's uh, are half of earth's um, causal suffering together with the, um, the dark satellite, which is the animal chakra of the earth, these two halves of evil and cause all sorts of suffering and extinguish all kinds of truth the moment it blossoms from the, mouth of, the mouths of its prophets here on earth. They are the persecutors of it. And um, these entities here, they harvest the negative side of Saturn's energy. They don't care for the beautiful side. They don't care for the greatness of Saturnian energy, which which saves. Um, he is the one that we must have the correct currency of his realm when we pass through to pay the ferryman. And if we don't, rest assured, he will be kind enough to send us back down and learn again. This and, reminds you know, me the way you keep talking about the uh, the duality of it, of the the Masonic checkerboard floor, black and white. Yep. Is that a direct relation to all this? Yeah, absolutely. Saturn is the the supreme archetype of black and white light. Um, You know, just as Mars and Venus are the supreme archetypes of red and blue light. You see on uh, police cars, ambulances, um, they are the two halves of electrical force, red, fire, blue, water. Those are the two first colors that stream forth from white light. White light is one, it does not vibrate. It is magnetic, it is cause, it is source, it is prime creator, and it has a sun, the soul of the world, red and blue light. And everything you see is made by these. And that's why all the gods are painted in their face, red or blue. Well, not all of them. Krishna's black. You know, Jesus is white. Sometimes he's black. (laughs) Actually, what they don't understand is this, that Jesus is white. Christ is black because Christo... Christ means cryptic, black, hidden, dark. 
So when you see a black Jesus, it's not black Jesus. Jesus is white. Christ is black. See, these are mysteries that the, the mere profane worshipper in their churches will never, ever, ever, ever fathom until they free themselves and release their intelligence, you know? Well, you just said it again with that, that dichotomy of black and white, Jesus Christ, you know, white, black. That's right. So it's, it's all encoded in all of these things that even modern people know of. They just don't know what's behind it. Yeah, exactly. That's right. They don't, they don't understand how all things are one. If, if, they, if they departed and, and postulated everything from that oneness instead of from duality, you see, they've been trained at church, oh, the devil's bad, <laughs> you, and you'll go to the devil if you're bad, and, 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 and God and Jesus, oh, they are good. You know, and this, this really crude, very, very crude, almost animalistic, opinionated level consciousness that, that they are, that they are, you know, sharing and, and, and emanating from their, you know, so-called schools, man. It's darkness what they are teaching. But, but it's necessary because these, uh, these ones are being treated like Ulysses men. They're being turned into swine. They do not return from their voyage to their loved ones. They have to be pigs for a little bit more in the pig pen. And see, this is why the elites love to get us to have bacon and eggs for breakfast. And <laughs> because, you know, if you're eating bacon, you will be a swine. If you're eating, um, you know, uh, beef, you will be chattel. And you are chattel through the, the legal name. If you're eating lamb and mutton and like a glutton, you will be a sheeple with wool pulled over your eyes. You will be led to the slaughter like a sheep and you will be fleeced. If you're eating rabbits, you're rabbit-hearted. If you're eating chicken, you're chicken-livered and chicken-hearted. And if you're eating fish, that's, they laugh at you. The Egyptians never ate fish because this is an unconscious thing to eat fish because fish are supposedly of another consciousness level because they live in water. We are... Ha our mental polarity is in the attenuated water element of air. We breathe air, hence we are more intelligent. We shouldn't be eating fish. Hmm. You see, when you, when you eat goat, you become a sacrificial, um, you know, scapegoat. It's it's there's no mistake, and it's it's deliberate. The the animals that they're forcing us to eat from their um, blood-stained abattoirs. You know, if you're if you're eating meat, you will absolutely, absolutely return to taste it some more in this vicious place of um, you know kali yuga. Um, the the philosopher, um, all philosophers, but I'm not talking about worldly wise ones. You know, um, I'm talking about the true philosopher who is is the mystic. These are two different separate levels. Plato was he wrote on a philosophical level. But when he started the mystical, theological level, he did not write. None of his, those writings, he, he, when he went to the third level and, and, play, and Aristotle could not follow him because of the worldly wisdom, not the mystical wisdom of Plato and Pythagoras. These guys there, they are, they are known for their vegetarian. They, they, philosophy and vegetarian are two words that go hand in hand and they always have. And always will. Um, you cannot walk the path and return whilst eating meat because the blood, the red blood in your body of other creatures is the symbol. It's, it's the uh, currency that you bring after you die. The smell on your aura is of blood and you cannot ascend. 
this is why they make it so nice to, you know, you know, um, hamburgers and, hung, uh, you know, you've got uh, Burger King and Big Mac and all of this advertising to eat swine and pork and, and to be chattel and sheeple and, and basically just stupid, really. Um, when, when, when mankind knows that uh, we were not even designed to eat meat. If, if we were, we, we should be able to, with our bare hands, uh, run down some kind of a, you know, a, a wild boar and eat it with our own teeth and feast on it just as the other animals do. Otherwise, why, do, you know, why is it that we have to use ovens and oils and condiments and knives and forks and guns to shoot them down and traps and all kind Because it's unnatural. It's purely removed from source energy. And so it's things like this. Now, this is not with condemnation to people who are eating meat. This is a blessing to them to show them that what they truly, every time they, they eat a morsel of meat, they know in their heart of hearts that they shouldn't be. So this is to remind them that um, their their future is going to be brighter because they will stop this one day. And... Um, and then they will learn how to, um, you know, go back through the vegetarian the path, which is that, that does not have blood. And so um, when the soul uh, is released from matter, uh, it's, you know, all its vibration, its smell, it's clean. It, it doesn't have blood guilt. It's not um, tainted. And so it will ascend. It's like, um, you know, evaporation. The sun, as the sun pulls water into the heavens, so does it pull souls, you see. We are, our souls are always being pulled up ever to disentangle us from matter. And the sun, the life giver, is the chief principal agent in the solar system that is doing this. It is the true saviour of mankind. And Saturn, you know, they all are. Um, they are not indifferent to our suffering. They, they suffer with us. As you suffer, so within, so without, without uh, so do the planets. Whatever you are suffering in your liver, so is Jupiter suffering. The, the planets are not uh, free from suffering because they, they exist in a, con, in a conditioned temporal world. Hence, they, it, it, um, um, it implies suffering. It includes suffering. It incorporates suffering. Anything incorporated or bodied, embodied has to have a measure of suffering unless, of course... Um, there are physical worlds where there is no suffering, um, but you know these are at the other end. These are highly, highly attenuated, and and um, you know basically those realms we will experience when we uh, prove that we will not um, um, abuse the the power and the glory that comes with it. And so, as we are faithful in small things, so we shall be faithful in large things. So. It's, it really is time for us to step up and be sovereign, be a priest and a king, a sovereign and a spiritualist. And the sovereignty part of this is very necessary too because um, Saturn works in such a way. He is the ruler of temporal time, temporal conditioned spatial existence. He is the ruler of it, of all of it. Not just in our solar system, but his archetype outside of our solar system. Saturn is everywhere imbued in the universe everywhere imbued in your body. Your body is, is living and breathing the grace to Saturn. If Saturn didn't exist and, 
and fragmented, your your um, your bones would um, dematerialize. He is the cause of your bones being so beautiful, beautifully strong. And, you know, he's such a, a highly attenuated, attuned planet that he's the only one that shows his rings. All the others are wobbling. Saturn does not wobble. You know, he's perfectly straight, and um, that's why we can see his rings. Jupiter's rings are more, way bigger than Saturn's, but we can't see them because, but he's because he's not vibrating on his true vibration. He's he's he's, he's suffering. You see, so um, would would those the planets change as we change? For instance, if humanity, how should I word this? If humanity the starts, is yes, <laughs> yes. I think you know where I'm going with that. Yes, one hundred percent. You, you ultimately are the cause of the change in the whole universe, brother. You and I, and the listeners. You and I, and as you take up responsibility and be a pather, a true pather, a true, a truther, but living true, you know. Reaching out ever forward and 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 onward for this substance and being of truth that will envelop you and make you glorious as you once were. Um, you this know, is the you, true interrelatedness of of everything. Absolutely, there's no time for farting around with you know. Oh, I like this McDonald's burger over that McDonald's <laughs> burger. Your cuisine and and education and all of these noisy themes. There's no time for that, man. There's time for one thing only, and that is to spend meditative time with you every day, whether it's three seconds or one second. But as long as you get that one second where everything else does not matter at one bit, not a bit, and there's only you and the universe in existence and there's nothing else at all, if you do that for one second every day and bless yourself with that one second, something will happen where your polarity will go, your, you will find that inward path and, and you will relinquish and you will conquer the world and you will relinquish its attachments and, and your intelligence will release itself from that material power because there are three kinds of energy in the world and the lowest is the material kind. Um, the highest is the solar kind, direct energy. And the second kind is uh, reflective, which is planetary. So what we're doing is we are actually um, releasing ourselves from the planetary reflective energy and we are becoming solar heroes. And we do that together with Saturn. We, you don't exclude Saturnian um, energy here. You know, we are like Hercules, we become solar heroes. And we rise above the planetary mental and emotional conditions that they have given us. And each one of us are conditioned differently. We're all tuned like an instrument. And you can only know that tuning when you know the astrological birth chart. And um, in the tropical system, which is the Western Egyptian hermetic tropical astrology, which is in all its facets 100% truthful and accurate, whereas all other systems are not. They are... They're accurate um, because they're all languages. They're just languages of electricity, electricity and electrical force. But but only tropical because tropical is based on the ecliptic and the the true astrological constellations exist on the ecliptic. They are all thirty degrees long, 
But when you look at the sky, you'll find Aries is only about 19 degrees long. Virgo is about 46, you know. Uh, Leo's whatever. They're not all 30 degrees, indicating that the processional slippage is another phenomena which Eastern Jyotish, Vedic and Indian um, Hindu astrology is based on, processional slippage. So the difference is this. One is astronomical and one is astrological. The tropical Western system is astrological. The sidereal, not the tropical, so because the Eastern system is sidereal, based on the slippage, whereas the Western system is not. It's based on the ecliptic, and that's all I teach, ecliptics. So when you go to the sidereal Jotish Eastern system and you go to your astronomy, astronomical like Google Sky and all of this and all of your astronomical uh, applications on your smartphones and computers, they are all astronomical. Unless you go into an astrological site and that will show you where the planets are on the ecliptic, whereas your astronomical sites, um, 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 applications and, and stuff and such, they will show you sidereally where the planets actually are in relation to the constellations. So you'll see a little bit of a discrepancy there. And see, um, now both, both of them um, you know, are, not, are not wrong. It's just that tropical astrology is the true system. Um, sidereal astrology has influence too because, um, you know, the planets are truly conjunct with those constellations. So they are both directing an energy, you know, through um, channeling each other's energy because they are physically, when you when you look at the sidereal system, you can see that, the, you know, um, perhaps like, for instance, the sun sidereally is not in Cancer, but we're, we're in the sign of Cancer now in, in the West, in the, in the Western system. Astrologically, we say... You know, it's the uh, 18th of June and we're in uh, the sign of cancer. Uh, whereas um, in, the, in the Hindu system, you see it's the, the planets, uh, they're really back in Gemini, you see. So um, this discrepancy is, is um, what needs to be surmounted and needs to be syncretized. And, and I have syncretized this and explained this. Uh, the tropical system is the primary system. The energies... Um, of astrology come through the primary centre of the sun, the sun on the ecliptic and the planets, but on the ecliptic. And they are channelled through those segments of constellations which are all 30 degrees on the ecliptic. The secondary force of the planets lining up sidereally through, through the signs, that is a secondary influence. And it's, it's there but it is nowhere near as strong as the tropical system. It is the primary system and the true theology. Astrology is actually the true theology. And um, all of your, you know, um, astrologers and, and mystics and philosophers, they, they all agree. They're, the same archetypes turn up and um, they are always the same. There's, there's, they, are, they, they are the only ones. They are the ones. And they exist in all things. Their essences are perceived intelligibly and intellectually. We can conceive them intelligibly and we can rationalize on them and understand them intellectually. The intellectual gods we can understand. The intelligible god we can't because it is inconceivably transcendent. 
uh, and um, and it's only it's only it's conceptual, really. That that's the the most that we can uh, muster up in this um, in this position and and in this condition that we are in. So, um, but um, they they all agree, uh, all the the mystics and and all of them that um, that these. These are the forces that we are dealing with. They are electrical forces. They come from the positive red and the negative blue, and they are all proceeding from these, um, from these, um, you know, certain archetypal vibrations or beings. You know, truth is, is a being. It's not a word. It's a being, as Plato and as Plato said. Uh, Deity is an immense being whose body is of the substance of light and whose soul is of the substance of truth. Well, see, this is why we, the scriptures say God is light. Well, the, the, the supreme, supreme God is Kronos, the crown, Saturn, Satan, really, because he can rule uh, with dexterity his temporal conditioned worlds. He does such a great job of it. And so... what? what the, on the negative side of all of this, and, and what Saturn's doing on the on the on the uh, geopolitical, social plane and economically, is um, is just very significant. On the one hand, on the evil side, you've got the elites harvesting the bad energy through the bar. So you've got your pimps in Rome, and you've got your prostitutes, uh, whoops, prosecutors that are <laughs> bar members doing their dirty, filthy work for the Inquisition. Um, and the archetypes, the entities that they're using, the demons and egregores that they have created, these Vatican families, go back to Babylon and, 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 and they laugh at us because these archetypes are, you know, jokingly uh, um, g- given nicknames in, in the book of Revelation, for instance, like the, um, the false prophet, the harlot. Um, these are so easy to, to understand, you know. They are there. The, um, as I said, the false image or the false idol that we bow down to is the false ID, the uh, all caps name. Um, so, cap, um, capitus diminutia maxima. That's it. I forgot when I said I said it wrong last time. It's capitus diminutia maxima, capitus diminutia media, and capitus diminutia minimum, minima, or something like that. But anyway, that's all caps is maximum, maximum. Um, well, um, this is a false ID, and people are doing most of their transactions through that. The harlot is maritime law because the harlot sits on many waters. Well, maritime law is the the law, the commercial code of waters, and and um, the beast with seven heads that comes out of the sea of humanity. Basically, that is. Um, the seven empires of the world that have been, which gave us this um, horrible slave system. The seven, the head, the beast with the seven heads and ten horns that came from the land, on the other hand, um, that is the, the seven empires of Europe that uh, colonized the world and brought the Vatican slave system to the rest of the world, you see. But this was all started in ancient Rome? No, 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 it started further back. Egypt, Babylonia, Medo-Persia. Way back. 
It's Babylon the Great. Get out of her, my people, if you do not want to share with her in her sins. That's what it is. So the, the whole controlling through the the name, that all started in, in ancient Babylon? Um, yes, it did, brother. Yes, it's a Babylonian system. It's Babylonian. It started in Babylon. And they created these demons, you know, the harlot, maritime law. They encoded it. Um, the the seven-headed beast is the Roman annexed um, colonies of Rome, i.e. Portugal, Spain, all the maritime powers of Europe, Portugal, Spain, France, England, Holland, Belgium and Germany, who colonised the whole planet virtually. Those seven empires, they, are the, they, are the, they come from the land and they represent the seven, uh, the beast which had seven heads, which comes from the water, maritime, uh, Rome, because Rome is the maritime, she is the harlot who sits on all the waters. Since they destroyed Carthage, remember Cato was calling for the, the destruction of Carthage. He said, we can never, ever leave the land. Because Rome was only um, basically um, situated on the peninsula. Not even Sicily or Corsica or Sardinia were occupied by Rome yet. Carthage was the queen of maritime sea. She was dealing in Babylonian and Phoenician law. And they were the, she was the queen of the sea. So 200 BCE or 250 BCE, when they destroyed Carthage, Rome then took over Sicily, Sardinia, Corsica, North Africa, Spain, southern France, and she started her maritime empire. Venice, the Venetians, i.e. Phoenicians, um, Pisa, the Piso family, one of the most powerful Roman aristocratic families that's behind this pimpocracy we live in. Um, there's many of these families, and they, uh, they are the pimps. It's a pimpocracy. And they harvest Saturnian negative energy because, because it's the most powerful. You know, it's the crown. They know that the salvage business is legitimate because people don't know who they are. So if you're going to rock up and the policeman's going to say, what's your name? And you give them a legal name, which is crown copyrighted. Well, then, hey, man, you need to be harvested by, by Saturn and the crown and all that copyright bullshit. And because you, you willingly need- gave yourself to them. Absolutely. I mean, if you are God, you don't give yourself to any legal name that's owned by any crown. Now, the implication here sounds like this new world order, or whatever you want to call it, is really the old world, old world order that they started in ancient times, basically. Yeah, look, there's no separation between new world and old world or any, any of that. Um, there only is astrologically. So, so the old... It, it, but they merge into one another. There's, there's no difference, brother. There's, the New World Order is supposedly an allusion to America, the New Jerusalem, and that's why the Vatican severely, severely caused harm to America and its republic and its constitution and its law and its, and its true, true, true um, um, Government, national government, by you know, in the in the the war uh, of independence and the civil war. These are all Vatican-generated wars from the banksters of Switzerland. And um, when they incorporated uh, Washington D.C., um, basically that's basically their 
that was the and and in nineteen thirteen the Federal Reserve Act, and then in nineteen thirty three the bankruptcy. These were all the the crowning achievements of of um, the new world order. This is Rome at its best. I mean, the fasci of Rome are still in the um, in the Senate House and in the um, Congress House in, in sure DC. Yeah. So so Rome. Um, the New World Order is just, you know, an extension. One beast comes from another beast. The beast from the land comes from the beast that comes from the sea, blah, blah, blah. And so, and the false prophet, it, it, they're all the same. They're all, you have to have a false prophet. That's the Vatican. Vatican means false prophet. Uh, can comes from Cohen, which is a Jewish word for priest um, or diviner or someone who prophesies. Um, so can con to con someone you know con artists eventually they were called con artists the conners you know mm-hmm. this is why we have this is why we have a um, um, words carnival again can it's it's all priestly stuff okay and so doesn't Catholic mean universal Catholic means universal absolutely. so wouldn't that mean they're the universal con men absolutely vati con men yes. And vati means serpent. So divine, it means, Vatican means divining serpent or false prophet. It's, the illusion is to the same thing. You've got to know, you've got to know how the structure works. The structure is they create demonic god archetypes, which have life and breath in them. Because how you create these demons is, I mean, individuals do them all the time. You see these people who are going, insane on the streets that are having conversations with themselves well who they're talking to is actually their own demons or emotion forms that they have created they may have got really 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 angry one day you know 20 years ago and and that emotion from that anger stayed with them and it resided deep in their heart and burned and burned and every day they gave it energy and energy and it grows and grows and all of a sudden you start talking to that energy man and it 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 um builds a life of its own well when congregations or covens covenant the bar when they get together and form secret societies you can rest assured what they are doing they are not just you know having some social chit-chatter. They are creating emotion, thought, forms. These are charged entities that grow as they channel energy into them. So every time one million pedophile supporters turn up at uh, St. Peter's Square at at Easter to hear Chief of Pedophiles, uh, Pope Francis, uh, talk about how beautiful pedophilia is on the earth and how much they bless it and love it and practice it, uh, those Catholics that go there to bless that situation, they are actually actually giving life to egregores, demons that these guys have actually created, monsters that give us hell and want blood. These demons are so angry. They're, they're constituted of um, evil emo- uh, human um, thoughts and emotions and mixed with animal. The animal um, chakra of the uh, earth is called the dark satellite. The dark satellite rules all the evil ones on the planet. They are ruled exclusively by the dark satellite. It's, it's the, the lowest animal chakra that the earth has. She has seven chakras as well as... It, they all do. Everything does. 
all physical creation has seven conscious levels, except for animals. Animals only have five. I have a question for you. Yep. All these rituals that we're seeing, all the symbolism in media, uh, movies, on TV, everything, the charging that you were referring to, pretty much that's what they're doing. And anyone who is viewing is basically taking part in that ceremony and adding to that. Yeah, we give life to this um, to this uh, maritime people trafficking business by allowing the Vatican to exist and and clapping when they do something, you know, or giving any kind of attention. We should be um, we should they should be in prison. They should be imprisoned. They should be in jail. These these are animals on earth that are vicious, and it's obvious. You know, Pope Francis recently declared that the church is infested with 8,000 pedophiles. Well, that's a very um, conservative number, isn't it? I'd say 100% pedophiles because what are they doing pretending to be not pedophiles in a church that is known for pedophilia? I would abandon that church like a rat out of a, a sinking ship. Well, it's obvious that it must be bad because how long did they get away with it? And it really only didn't come out until the more modern age when a lot of more independent media was starting to expose things. You know, once this mass communication integration thing that we've got now, I mean, any otherwise in, in older times, it would have just gotten swept under the rug and that was the end of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, if, you're a, if you have an, a ministerial office of any kind with the Catholic Church, you are a pedophile, period. That's it. You're a pedophile. Even if you're not, you are. You, you, you're condemned because to support such a beastly, disgusting, animalistic, people-trafficking, pedophile organization is simply unacceptable. It's totally unacceptable. We have to leave these disgraceful institutions behind and um, and with our minds, you know, project onto um, if, if we need to um, sort of reconstitute these institutions. I don't think we do. I think we should just turn our backs on all of them and just... Um, you know, turn our hearts inwardly and upwardly and um, to a superior source and an interior truth and um, we will be guided forever and ever and ever. And as long as more of this kind of people awaken and come together, there shouldn't be any problem. We should absolutely be able to rid, out, rid ourselves of this pestilence, of this uh, pimpocracy that has infested our planet and uh, we must address these the pimps and the prostitutes, the bar and the Vatican and their corpses. See, the beast, the beast with seven heads, the Vatican was able to conquer all these heretical lands and steal land off the Australian Aborigines and American indigenous people and plant their corporations on their land, hence maritime sea, because you can't bring law of the land to a land that you've stolen. You can only bring... Yeah, <laughs> I mean... The English didn't bring any common law to America because the common law is from England. It is English or, you know, it's um, not necessarily common law but all of its land laws and, 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 and things like that. The, America does not belong to England or any white man. It's, it belongs to the indigenous people. So whatever kind of law they pretend to practice there is is a farce, you know, unless um, – the um, everyone is absolutely 100% blessed by the indigenous people and consenting and adult and consenting. That's it. Otherwise, it's a farce. So 
Rome did this this annexing of the world through seven corpses, beasts, a beast with seven heads, Portugal, Spain, England, France, Belgium, Germany and Holland. Seven annexations of Rome that Rome controls. They are corporations of Rome. They all are. All roads lead to Rome, period, all of them. As all words lead to Atum. Rome is the ruler of the world. There's no other rival. And so, and through this slave system of the false prophet that we all bow down and worship to, the legal name, it's a false ID, or the false idol. And so, the, um, the, those, um, and, and the ten, and the ten um, horns, seven heads and ten horns, the ten horns are the seven, the ten uh, monarchies um, of these of these countries, some have been extinguished, like the Merovingians, and you know this was done deliberately. Rome controls which um, which royal families survive and which don't. It's all done by agreement. The Windsors are allowed to because uh, London is the second direct structure from Rome, and DC is the third. They are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. London is the Son of Rome, Babby London, and. Um, yeah, and, and they harvest and salvage souls that are lost at sea, S-E-A. Rome, those that are lost at sea, S-E-E. In the States, in D.C., they salvage belligerents and hostiles and um, and other kinds of, um, you know, non-competent, mentis individuals lost at sea. The way it seems to work with the three of them that I've noticed is the Vatican is the spiritual control, the uh, city of London, city-state of London, would be the financial control, and Washington, D.C., District of Columbia, is the physical or militaristic control. Yep. Spot on. One. And they're, they're all individual, if I understand this correctly. They are city-states of their own. They, they're, they're not part of the lands that they reside in, they're their own independent entities, aren't they? Yes, yes, they're, they're, they're Roman elite, uh, pimp family owned. Absolute pimps. Which should tell you a lot right there. Yeah, for sure, it's pimpocracy. Um, you know, America was once the land of the free, it really was. People had their own militia, they had their own guns, they were all protected, they were rich, prosperous, and then of course, um, you know, enemies of um of that beautiful free country. The Republic only lasted 100 years, man, and then democracy came. Demon, crazy uh, government, mob rule, Jefferson called it. And Andrew Jackson said, I killed the banks. Um, Abraham Lincoln tried the, the greenback and tried to stop, you know, the green, um, the, um, the Rothschild Central Bank and Hamilton was an agent for them. Then came... Um, um, Woodrow Wilson, who betrayed his nation and was grieved that he did that um, with the Federal Reserve Act, and then Theodore, uh, then Roosevelt, of course, with uh, the last betrayal of the bankruptcy, and uh, these were the three coups. These were the three blows that came from Rome. Rome was determined to destroy that, you know, Declaration of Independence and Articles of Confederation and and all of those beautiful documents, which really are just they're basically they're just constitution, constitu- you know, constitutional law, which doesn't give you freedom or any of those things. It just says this is how we are constituted, and anyone else who wants to 
you know, do fraudulent business. You you can't because we are a republic. We we do things by the rule of law and we live by the rule of law and we are responsible for law and live it through our own lives. See, democracy makes sure that that doesn't happen. Now you've got Big Brother making sure it happens in a corrupt way and it will be that way. So, you know, it's it's our own fault. We were sleeping. We were caught, you know, sort of more or less... Um, Sleeping, really, unawares and not um, educated. The education system was um, structured in such a way that um, we wouldn't be able to discern reality from from the illusion and we were caught. So, But now people are doing their research, awakening somehow. There's a great awakening and um, the tables are being turned in a beautiful way. Just like Jesus turned the tables of the money changers then, they are the money changers. How they change money is they make um, bonds for the stock market through your birth certificate bond, the legal name. Um, those are securities, derivatives uh, for the futures market um, derived from your bond. And so they make performance bonds, they make um, bid bonds, payment bonds, prison bonds. They write these up. They, they are called, they're written by scribe and notaries. Scrivener a notary means a writer of indulgences. It's the Inquisition. It's the Inquisition. And, and how they get money through that system, it's called, it's called the postal system. It's not the post office, which is the, gov, the true government connected to the true treasury. These, these now, these um, so-called uh, representative agents that we send to uh, D.C., they are working for the banksters because they are getting money from the banks, not from the treasury, but... When these scribe and notaries and um, bar types write up these bonds, they're actually they actually go to the treasury window and and get the money from our um, from our true national trust, which is the treasury trust, which is created when it, when any, anyone is born. Um, it has to that that has to happen. Their nation has to protect them and give them and give them you know uh, true protection. So this is called a um, special fund account, whereas the Vatican have a, um, a trust fund account, and that is based on um, maritime law, and it's based on the Sestwi KV system. And so they change real money into currency. So they are the money changers. That's all they're doing. It's all about money. They are the money changers, and their tables need to be overturned urgently. For anyone who doesn't understand or believe that they make bonds off of us. Years ago when I first started researching this material I looked up uh, on fidelity.com and you can't do this anymore because too many people started figuring it out. But I checked the numbers against my social security card and I found it. My stock was worth $17 and some odd cents a share. There you go. And it was all linked. It was it was all right there in front of me and I was like okay, th th this is the way it really works. So for those of you out there who, who may not think that this is real i found out it was real yeah exactly um there's so many things that are not real uh that and that we should be um exposing really really quickly as soon as possible um allopathic medicine is a scam um you know um the schooling system is a big scam the educational system and it's gotten worse in the united states with common core yeah yeah. 
Like you can't even. I've looked through it. I've researched it. You can't even. If a child went through all that all their life, they wouldn't even be able. They wouldn't be capable of critical thinking, because it's it's so ridiculous and backwards. And of course, that's on purpose. <laughs> yeah, for sure it is. And so, um, yeah, we have this uh, problem of um, massive, massive falsehood and propaganda. And basically, it all comes from that entity called the false prophet, which is Vatican, the Vatican. The Vatican is the false prophet, hence um, all the falsehood that um, is rampant on this earth, all of it, all of it comes from the Vatican. The lot of it. There's not. There's nothing that doesn't come from the Vatican. It's all controlled by there. They control everything, every single thing, everything, every transaction of money on the planet. And um, they've done this through, with the help of um, the the Khazarians, i.e., the Rothschilds and their banking system. Since 1823, they've been working together. The Rothschilds and the Vatican. Uh, the Red Beast, Rothschild, and the Dragon, Vatican, the Divining Serpent. The Revelation is full of it. It explains everything. The Red Serpent, the Red Shield. That's why they have the Red Cross and the and um, Red Shield appeal. This is all for the Rothschilds, for the Red Beast, the beast that sheds blood on the planet. As um, the, the Mama Rothschild herself said, if my sons did not want wars on this planet, there would be none. So, so they've been since since basically Waterloo um, and the French Revolution. They've been um, uh, occupying and and um, holding coups in in all countries on the planet. You know, Chile, Argentina, Korea, um, Vietnam, Timor. Uh, you know, even Pakistan. All of this um, Iran. And the war and um, Saddam Hussein, uh, Colonel Gaddafi, and um, the Libyans were trying to make the dinar famous in Africa to piss off the um, the Federal Reserve petrodollar scam. Um, and so, all of this, all of this war and bloodshed, <laughs> the Ru- the Russian Revolution was held by the Bolsheviks. They came from the Vatican. They all come from the Vatican and Wall Street. All of it. Controlled by the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, same family, Goldsteins. It's all one family, man. They're all. It's all the Russells. It's all the. It goes all back to this uh, Babylonian bloodline uh, of. Um, it's basically um, the Khazarians are basically uh, an incarnation of the Hyksos. The Hyksos um, did this massive damage to Egypt. Thousands of years ago, we're talking um, before the 18th dynasty, so about 4,000 years ago, um, the Hyksos were, were <laughs> defeated by the Amenhoteps. They came along and just got rid of them in the 18th dynasty, and the Dark Ages of Egypt were, were vanquished. But um, somehow at the end of the 18th dynasty, something happened again with the Aten priesthood and the Amun priesthood, and Akhenaten changed, he changed his name from Amenhotep, who were really, truly the Amenhoteps were the destroyers of the Hyksos. These Hyksos, they fled and went to the, um, you know, to all places like Petra and um, all of these desert places and eventually they became the mixed with the Khazarians from the east. And it's the Khazarians that, that merged this Freemasonic Khazarian Rothschild side 
that mixed with the Jesuit Vatican and London uh, control system through church and propaganda, and they married up uh, in 1823. And um, since then, you know, the, the forces of evil and demonic power on the earth have increased. But rest assured, it's it's not coming from on high. It's coming from men. It's coming from uh, man himself, um, especially these elite pimps who control everything. Now, 1823 was at the end of the Napoleonic Wars when the Rothschilds solidified their financial power in London. Yep. And um, Carl Rothschild went down to Naples, and you've got that famous painting of Carl... Uh, Charles Rothschild um, and the Pope bowing down or vice versa and kissing the hand of Rothschild and that was the day they signed a a, a pact and all of the Rothschild wealth that they stole of England and through all the wars with America um, the Vatican um, um, repossessed and and they work together. They so Freemasonry and the Jesuits have been working together since then. You know they they truly are two separate hands, um, two separate forces, but they do not work opposed to each other. It appears that way. Ostensibly they do, but um, essentially they do not. Man, it's just one beast controlling the whole lot, and it's all to do with Saturn and Kronos and time. You see, they understand how time works. We don't. We believe in this illusion of time, temporal existence. And so anyone who believes in it, they, they're fair fair game, man. They're fair game. They, those types walk into court and get themselves into jail real easy-like. And the bar know this, that that's all the world is a stage. And if you're hiding behind a mask, well, you're going to be punished according to the rules of that mask. Unless you are self-determined and you show that by evidences, certain things you say, certain things you do, um, well, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna get out of there lightly. You you will have to pay the ferment eventually. And this is where the whole trap of legalese comes in, right? Yeah, legal and lawful. These these are two different uh, creatures all together. Legal is um, comes from a Latin word. Uh, to bind, legare, I've always said the L and the R are interchangeable. So if you have legare with an R, um, that means to bind, and if you remove that R and you put an L on there in Latin, legale, you've got legal. It's exactly the same word with an E on the end of it. That's how the Italians have to say it, with an E on the legale. But, but in English it's legal, legal. It comes from Latin, right? So it's it's the same word. It's hiding there. It's exactly the same word. It means to bind, to legare, to tie, you know? And so to tie together, and that's what the fasci of Rome is all about. And so what, how that binding happens is like in such a manner. When Jesus says to Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you unleash or undo on earth shall be undone in heaven or released again the interconnectedness of all things yeah exactly Jesus is the sun or Jupiter and Peter is Jupiter so it, the archetypes doesn't matter which one you choose it's Jupiter it's the sun it's, and it doesn't matter um, 
it, it, some people will argue that, yeah, but it all, all of them, or they all go back to Atum. Every, every archetype, everything goes back to Atum. So when Jesus says to Jew Peter, this is why we have the Church of St. Peter and we pay Peter's pence, all the way back to the donation of Constantine when Sylvester drew up that papal bull, um, drawing up the fact that um, Jesus told Peter that, well, you can collect money because whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, blah, blah, blah. And so we are the vicars of Christ and we are the um, successors of Peter, blah, blah, blah. We're Rome and here's the donation of Constantine. And guess what? Everybody has to pay taxes for Peter. Well, well, this is how the bar are collecting money through the crown and paying Peter's pence. It's the church of Peter. Peter is also Petra. And Petra means stone. So everything, the stone world that Rome built, the churches, those are the churches of Petra, Peter, of stone. And, and, so, and so that structure is physical. And see, so they collect money for that physical structure to keep that physical structure going. And so they can keep their demo, demonic entities um, as our overlords. Because we believe in that stuff. We think that their stone buildings actually have to do with spirituality and the truth. Whereas, no, they're using those buildings to hide the truth and to harvest bad energy <laughs> rather than, you know, for good. Um, originally, the, the Masons built churches, you know, um, from astrological and astronomical uh, archetypes and, you know, um, configured all their buildings in the shapes of constellations. But... Yeah, you know, and they were good and channeled good energy. But now, I mean, now it's totally a different thing. Um, but again, some of it is is necessary. You know, um, from evil come good things. You know, from a fire in in the bush comes new regeneration. You know, it's a total transformation. So basically, uh, whether they work for good or for evil. Um, the final outcome is the same for you anyway it is because, um, you know, you and I, because we have not ever gone beyond the point of no return in practicing evil because that is truly the point of no return and that you can never reclaim your soul ever again. And that is a dangerous. And, you know, one or two or even more, uh, without being judgmental of the um, the Vatican types and those bar types, they definitely have gone beyond the point of no return. Hence, you see them continuing in their evil. They know that they're being exposed daily, but they continue. The ones that continue, rest assured, man, they will be judged, either by their peers or by the heavens or by themselves, but they will end up in jail or on a guillotine. They will. All of them will. Every one of them, not one of them. So the ones that you see coming good, those are the ones that were good and are on the side of good. The ones that you see that are, that are, are callously um, indifferent and continue in their murder and bloodshed and, and money changing, these prostitutes, um, you know, their souls will disintegrate, unfortunately. They, they will never be able to save their souls they've, because they've done too many acts of evil doesn't matter what you've done that's evil. If you repent and, and, and you do get on the path, it's all reclaimable. But, but when you, there is a point of no return. There truly is. And you must never, ever dare go near that point. That all makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, 
we know that we haven't because we're here having this conversation. Um, no one has a conversation in pure daylight about the light and about truth that is not going to be vested in that truth one day. These are just glimpses of more truth that we will be possessed of and that we will, that we will live. We will live in the body of truth. It is, it is, the, it is the soul of God. The, uh, and, that, and God is we the people. You see, it is ridiculous to think that we are not identical to God. And it is ridiculous to think that God is not vested in all of his atoms and, and that, that he does not refract and differentiate into all things. The Spirit of God, the One, is the All. That's why the Muslims say Allah. Allah is God. Well, we say all is good. That's the same expression, brother. Those are the same words. No difference. This is all the interconnectedness again. Yeah, it is, because there's only one language. So Allah is God must mean all is good. It is, and it does. And not only because um, when you reach a certain level of linguistic, um, and, you know, I'm not trying to be smarty pants here saying you've got to be a good, uh, you know, show off in languages. It's not about that. It's, it's when you truly, truly understand what the sound of L means as opposed to the sound of R or T. When you truly understand what those letters are doing, they are archetypal gods. And they are charged with emotion, charged. If I said to you, um, you know, some, some cussing words and I called you a son of a, um, you could potentially be hurt for a week or a day or 10 minutes. But if I hurled some numbers at you, like, you know, take this, 146, you prick, um, uh, you know, or 75, there you go, you animal, I hate you, 46. You know, you're not going to transmit much emotion, right? But, but when you learn what L is doing, love, light, luminescence, Lord, ah, and then you go looking for it in other languages, then you know that Allah is God and all is good is exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Islam is Christianity. Christianity is Judaism. Judaism is Hindu. There is only one syncretic truth in the universe. It's atomic. It's the ecliptic. Those are the three words you need to, to take you to the everlasting. Syncretism, ecliptic, and atom. There's no other words you need. Those are the only words. If you love those words, they will love you and teach you all things. And when you're doing evil, you're actually hurting yourself yeah yeah evil you see um love and evolution are the same word love backwards is evolution so so evil also comes from eve eve is even numbers that's all it is all the gods are numbers it's all numbers the world is number so eve is the number two even and Adam is odd numbers, the number one. Atom means one, atom, one unit, Adam, right? So Adam and even. So you've got the number one, unity, and you've got the number two, duality, Adam and Eve. Eve, see, the number two is funny kind of a, um, it's very, it's the, the most um, loved and hated number of 
all the numbers, bar none. It has more polarity than any other number, simply because between one and infinity, it's the only place where doubling occurs. Never again is there doubling. So Eve, she's the multiplier. She's the mother of all her children in the universe. She is the mother because it's two. It multiplies. But, you see, Atom, he was pretty happy in the Garden of Eden when he was all alone. Eden, Garden, Eden, Golden, um, Dungeon, Dun, Dun, all of these DN or DM words, they must have a T and a D or a D and an M, okay? So when Adam was alone, he was happy. Then even comes along and stuffs it all up and everything is divided because, see, two in its positive aspect is the multiplier. But on the other hand, in its negative, it's the divider. Two divides. All even numbers are divisible, right? So four, two and two. Six, three and three. Whereas the masculine numbers, one, odd numbers, Odom, Adam, they are unifying. They don't divide. They bring things into unity. Threes of sacred trinity brings unity to the world. One is the extreme example of unity. Five is the same. It does not divide. Seven, the perfect number. Nine, the ninth heaven. See, all these odd numbers, how much glory they have. No. Same with the even numbers, but they also carry a negative charge with them simply because of that dividing. And so, but very positive for doubling. So, when we understand, as Pythagoras says, and um, Proclus syncretized all theologies by saying that they are, they are all um, archetypal numbers, it's all numbers, you know. Once you understand their numbers, then you'll understand their letters. A will always be the first. It will always be number one. A. A man. How many men is a man? <laughs> it's only one. A. And you don't say a. Never say the vowels in the very unphonetic English way. A, E, I, O, U. Those are diphthongs. The true vowels are a, e, i, o, u. <laughs> I was confused there because I'm, I went to the five-vowel system. There are actually seven vowels. There's two e's and two o's. And this is the true sound of the name of God, these seven vowels. A, e, e, i, o, o, u. Those are the seven vowels. The two missing ones, because there are two e's, one has... Um, uh, an acute accent above it, and it's a. Ah. You pronounce it as in a, ah, as in at, at the at the show at, right? But a ah, above, that's the letter a. That's the number one. E with an acute accent on it is a, ah, as in at. E with a grave accent on it is e, eh. e, eh. okay, as in etymology. Right, so there, there, are two, there are two E's, A and E. But A is the true pronunciation for A. What's that deriving from? What language? English, it's all languages, all of them. All of them have these seven vowels, all of them. A, 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 E. Sorry, let me do it slow. If I do it too fast, sometimes I trip myself up. I'll do this for the recording and people can, um, you know, revisit it. A, 
A A E A O U. And that's A E E I O O U. Now, the first E has an acute accent on it, the second one has a grave accent on it. And the two O's, it's the same thing. The first O has an acute accent. That's the accent that goes um, backward slash. That's the backward slash on your computer, right? When you see one of those on top of a letter, the backward slash, that's called an acute accent, right? When you see a forward slash, a very small forward slash on top of an O or an E, that's called the grave accent. And those are the vowels, the seven vowels. And so, and so, <clears throat> What you will see then is that the mind numbers vested in emotion, letters, working together, gematria or geometry, sacred geometry, um, you know, create the mind and uh, emotion or mind and matter universe that we live in. And so when you see these numbers 12 and 7 everywhere in nature, you can rest assured that they are planetary and all of them, all of them go back to the prototype of all prototypes, Saturn, the chief of all the gods, the father of the gods. I mean, Jupiter came along and castrated Saturn and then he became the, the god of gods. Of course, the Greeks say, Zeus, god of gods, you know, and the Romans, Jupiter, god of gods. But really, he is the son of old man time because, see, Jupiter defeated Kronos, in that Rhea put him in a blanket and, and saved him. So out of, out of the principle of time, you see, Saturn represents time that swallows up everything that is born in time. There's always one principle that defeats Saturn's power, and that is the principle of Zeus, the child of Saturn, which allows the, demi the demiogos mind to impress itself on matter and make material forms. That's why Jupiter is the god of gods, but Saturn is the god of gods, and then his daddy, Uranus, is the god of gods. It depends on what level you're talking about. And, um, and it truly does. It truly does. And you've got, to have, you've got to have knowledge of syncretism and the sciences, and you, you can't just belong to one church and exclude all the other churches because you'll never know. You'll only know one, you know, um, school or aspect of the truth. You won't know <coughs> all the truth. You will forever be learning but never coming to an accurate knowledge of truth. And you don't want to be on that boat, man. You, we, we need syncretism. It's time to preach syncretism from the rooftops and get it out there. That's why, you know, I've agreed to do this show because, you know, I'd prefer to be sitting home alone meditating and enjoying my my newly found mystical oneness that gives me so much bliss and insights and every day the downloads are just getting greater and greater. But, you know, I have to balance um, that between my love for my brothers and wanting to help them to know what I know and to come out of the darkness and the gloom and to be saved and enlightened and illumined because, um, you know, uh, otherwise... Um, there is truly, truly um, no hope to be groping around in the darkness. These luminaries, these uh, planets, they are portals and doorways to great illumination and we need to 
respect them for that, pay them some respect and at least notice their support of all of our opinions and beliefs anyway, you know, not to discount them. These people who poo-poo astrology, for instance, because it's from the devil and it's a pseudoscience, <laughs> um, you know, it, it'll pay them. It, it will it was sincerely and deeply benefit them to look at the testimonies of, of astrology and see what they've got to offer to uh, help them in their path to illumination because because certainly and absolutely all things support one thing. And so um, diversity and, and um, separateness is a disease. It's a malady. It's incurable in some cases, but um, unity is always there bringing them bringing them together and joining them forever, the glue of the universe, which is truth, the soul of the universe, the soul of God, truth. And, um, and we, we uh, are swimming in it. Uh, some have drank of the cup of Lethe more than others and hence are more opinionated than others. But, you know, they, if their hearts are good, they will swing to the correct polarity and that will change. Um, I was a churchgoer condemning Baptists and Mormons alike, uh, being a Jehovah's Witness for 30 years, but I came out of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, so if I can be saved from that, uh, others can too, you know, and not that it's anything, um, it's, you know, so evil, but it's, it's just not, it's a stage. Church going is a stage. It's the lowest, the second lowest stage in your fissile, um, in your, um, spiritual, evolution that there is but it also is you know um, it also contains the seeds and the blueprints of the highest stage um, all of the Christian churches are syncretized they are all dealing with electrical science um, all of their saints Saint Anthony Saint um, Paul, St. Mary, th these are all electrical archetypes there's different conditions of electricity everywhere in the universe but they are all the gods. It's all electricity, and electricity is number, vibration. And um, the secret lies in the number seven and the number 12. Uh, Tesla said 369. Well, it's the same thing. They all, they're all um, vested in these two numbers. Um, when you look at the flower of life, um, in the middle is um, one circle, and then surrounding it is six. So that's your seven. Mm -hmm. Then surrounding the six is 12. And so seven and 12, seven and 12, the flower of life. Um, seven, the 12 surround the seven and enclose the seven because the universe is spiritually 12 in mind, in its mental form, and in its physical form, it goes back to the octave, the septenary, seven. So, you know, the flower of life teaches this. Um, what else teaches it? Well, carbon-12 teaches it. The isotope, which is the most um, um, common in the universe, 99% of carbon, is carbon-12. Uh, the dodecahedron, which is the um, master polyhedra of the five polyhedra, is 12. Um, and it has to do with ether. The element which precedes fire, air, earth and water. And so, and fire is the tetrahedron, um, earth is the hex, air is the octa, 
and water is the icosahedron. So what is the master? Dodeca, 12. So you've got carbon 12, you've got... Um, you know, you've got uh, the dodecahedron shape of the universe we live in. Everything is of dodecahedron. It's the master polyhedra of the universe. We've got um, the number 12 of the ecliptic. Every ecliptic, which is everything that has ever existed, period, has had an ecliptic. Hence, it goes through 12, 30-degree segments along that wave. And those are Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces. And um, forever in the universe there is this pattern of 12, 12 and 7, 12 and 7, mind and matter, mind and matter. And these two dance eternally, Adam and Eve, and, um, and produce... Uh, Produce all the phenomenal world that um, that we live in, and uh, all the effect, all the effects therein. So we can rejoice that we understand these numbers. The more you understand numbers, the more you will uh, you will understand the science of syncretism, and the more you will grow in the science of syncretism. It's all about numbers, brother. Um, go first to the numbers, and also and also secondary to the letters. Um, but they are one and the same. It's just that the numbers have a sound and those are the letters. Uh, simple. But um, the number one always has that sound, ah, 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 ah. And, um, and so um, these, these archetypes, and so if you go along the English alphabet, there's 26 letters, but if you um, put just nine numbers... So the first nine letters will be A to I. I is the ninth number. J is back to one. Although it's the tenth letter of the alphabet, zero and one are ten, uh, 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 one, reduced to one. So J goes back to one, you see. So A, J and S all have the value of one. Those are your one numbers in the English language. A, J and S. Atum. Jehovah and Satan, and these are the archetypes of one. Satan is Atom, you know. So it's the same thing, Atan or Satan, and and then you've got, of course, you've got Jiva, Jehovah, the J. These these letters are all one. They will always be one. J will always be one. Always, it will never have any other value. The J, the Yod in Hebrew, ten, J. Uh, you know, and same with the S. The S is one. That's that's its true home. S is the sound of one. It breathes. It's the third power of one. A is the first power of one. J is the second power of one. And so, um, and then B is both binary two. And in all languages, B B B, B is always um, defining two, expressing two, releasing two, and and so on, so forth. And once you understand this, you nothing will stop you. You know, there nothing will stop you on the path. On your path, you will know all things. It's the numbers and the letters that are on the ecliptic, and the ecliptic is the true path of um, of enlightenment. I'm about to present and release 22 PowerPoint presentations um, on YouTube soon. The first one will be atomic language. 20, 250 pages on PowerPoint, uh, PowerPoint presentation um, on evidence supporting this um, 
teaching that all is atum and supporting. So basically, I'm not making a. This is not dogmatic or doctrine or or anything. It's just um, supporting evidence to the expression all is atum to test whether the Egyptians were right or whether they were wrong. Okay, so someone can come along and create, um, you know, 250 pages of um, evidence against my evidence, but at least that's all I'm presenting, and I think I have enough. But for the, those minds that um, require more proof, well, then I'm going to release uh, 21 more, and 22 is a catch number, catch 22. <laughs> it's uh, deliberate. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, 22 cards in the major arcana, um, 22 amino acids. Um, the list goes on and on. It's it's deliberate I did this because I'm going to treat it as a complete, you know, um, offering of truth that, that I possibly can. And I hope that um, after that I feel in my heart of hearts that I can really just, um, you know, be a hermit or whatever. I'm, I'm struggling with that because I've, I realize the need to work on myself and um, you can only do that in silence and in true contemplation where you make leaps and bounds. And so, you know, um, all of these radio shows and, and PowerPoint presentations that I'm doing um, are necessary but... Um, you know, my hope is that I can um, have a bit of a rest one day. <laughs> when are you releasing the first? I'm going to try and release um, the introduction part tomorrow on YouTube of uh, Atomic Language because the 20th of Cancer is where my north node is on the um, 27th degree of Cancer. So there's only three more degrees of Cancer left, three more days. And um, the 20th is smack bang on that point. And then Leo is my ascendant rising sign. So I'm going to try and release as much as I can in the next couple of months. And what is the name of your YouTube channel? Mr. Astro Theology. Awesome. Figure we should get that out there. Please do. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's where I've got all my volumes of presentations supporting all of this and giving references um, to support it. Many, many thousands and thousands, all lost and, and hidden away in all of the hundreds of presentations and shows that I've done. I've never, ever done a repeat show. I've never, ever done the same material in any show because there's enough in syncretism to do, you know, a billion um, different kinds of shows, and that's what I intend to do. I will never, ever, ever repeat a sentence in any show that I do. It's all different. It's All the presentations have treasures from antiquity and from modern days hidden in them that will only pop up if you press play on those videos. I say to people, just watch the videos, man, because the, the delivery and the... Um, the um, the way the information is presented is is very very palatable and easy to digest. It's very easy. There's no highfalutin words. There's no complicated systems. It's just you know common language, common sense, and just down to earth. Here's the nuts and bolts and the truth of it. 
And so, you know, I beg people and urge them, watch the presentations, man. Watch them while they're online now. Watch while you can. Yeah, yeah, they will lead you to the path. You will be on the path when you know the ecliptic. And, and unfortunately, as far as the ecliptic is concerned, I'm probably the only one that really is dealing with it holistically and syncretically and uh, properly as it should be. There are others. There's many great other uh, syncretists, but you have to do it with the ecliptic. It's the ecliptic and nothing else. There's no other big toe. There's no other way. No other way. It's all about the number 12. Tesla was right. Three six nine twelve. That's it. And um, I can do a, I can do another show if you want. I, w- I would love to spend uh, spend it on the number twelve. Absolutely. Um, and, and instead of Saturn, I would like to focus on his daddy Uranus because Uranus's um, cycle is eighty four years. That's seven times twelve. Eighty four equals twelve. Two and one reduced to three. Uranus's archetype is the number three. He is the quintessential saviour of the universe. He is the eighth sphere beyond us and he is the sphere of the heavens. In other words, all the stars are in his sphere and that is the firmament. Above our heads is a firmament and above that is the waters above and that is Neptune. Neptune controls the waters above so we're, we're in a dome. We're in a sphere, man. There's a dome above your head. When you see blue sky, that's a dome. That's water up above your head. Those are the waters above. And, and Uranus rules the, the, um, the firmament, which is a glass, uh, sort of a crystal structure. It's called the firmament. And in those are the stars. The stars are in the firmament and the zodiac and all of those. And that is slipping contrary to the ecliptic. That's Uranus is responsible for that, and there's a reason why that's happening. But beyond Uranus then is the water, which is called the crystalline sea, and then Pluto rules the primum mobile, which is the first sphere. There are ten spheres. Kabbalah teaches this in the ten sephiroth. And so Pluto is the outer ring, then Neptune, the waters, the psychic waters of Neptune, um, and um, Poseidon is his Greek name. And and then is Uranus, and he rules the firmament. And that firmament is where we we are headed. We that's the Milky Way is there. It's all there. And um, and then and we actually uh, Uranus deals with the mind and numbers, and Neptune deals with letters and emotion, our emotional nature, and Pluto is simply the representative of spirit, death and destruction, true spiritual existence, uh, pretty much like Saturn. Pluto and Saturn are very, very similar, man. Hmm. Um, Pluto does the job of Saturn on a higher plane, but they are both very dark orbs and very salvific in their work. And um, these are the ten heavens. You can, you can do a seven system or a ten system heaven uh, above um, Seven is the physical planets inside the dome. Dome is an atomic word because Dominus, the Lord, is the dome um, that we live under and it is the sun, Adam, Adam. Everything is dome, man, everything. When you, when you see that word, in every, which you will when you see my presentation, you will understand why all is atom. Um, the, the whole universe is made of atoms. You have an anatomy. Um, you have 
your body is in the shape of a tomb like the cathedral, in the shape of a T, the Celtic cross, and that's all there is, man. That's, that's the mould of matter is the cross, spirit and matter. And so um, what we find is that um, once we escape the seven, Elohim, the tyrants, then we are in a higher octave of Uranus, Neptune and Pluto and basically we are in, um, in control of our minds and we have the universal mind rather than the individual intellectual type, you know, the, um, the sophist type that really commercialises wisdom and doesn't know how sacred wisdom is. So what we have to do is rise above this, um, this octave that is controlled by Saturn. That, in that capacity, Saturn is evil. And is that what the elite they're trying to do to us absolutely everything they do is in the knowledge of how the system works they know what saturn does they know everything he stands for and every every work of his in creation whether it be in their bodies whether it be in politics in finance in spirituality in buildings in plants in herbs they know that archetype exists he's one of the seven archetypes of physical creation that exists and gives structural life to things. Hence, when a child is born in time, he is born in Atom, <laughs> in Saturn's world. That is a tem, tem, temporal world, tempo, time, chronos. It's all the same thing. And so they see bodies in this temporal world and they have, a, because they have this pole and bent and inclination to parasite of other beings, um, they enslave people immediately because they are fair game if they sign on the dotted line. Signing is sinning. Sinners suffer the consequences of signing. Always. You always suffer the consequences of signing. In this... Um, system, you can only own things through the legal name, you, um, you know, titles, I mean, like property, cars, right. they are all registered, right? So it all belongs to the crown. So really it does. It belongs to, to old man time. Your car, if it's registered, is registered to the regis. Who's the regis? Oh, well, that's Saturn. <laughs> he's, the, he's, the, he's the king. He's the, he's the only one with the crown, with the chakras, uh, the, uh, the rings. So, as the, all the great poets said, they they always attributed this crown to Kronos. They said, f f do not forget that only Saturn wears the crown. He is Kronos. He wears the crown. He is the king. So, your car is registered, bad luck. It's not yours. You don't own it. The crown does. Your home, your land, all acquired through the false idol, the false image, the legal name, and so it's all false. You don't own it. Well, you can't own anything because they own you. That's right, brother. Exactly. It's usufruct. Use the fruit. It's a usufruct system. There is no such thing as ownership. No such a thing. It doesn't even exist. The concept is not even... You can't even conceive of such a thing of ownership. And yet there are people saying, I own... That's my property. And they go to court saying it. I require the restitution of my property. Or whatever, you know, and and the bar pedophiles they grant it because 
they want the illusion of property ownership to continue. And all these imbeciles are still, oh, I require the restoration of my property. I've got some property. <laughs> Yet we don't have any property. We don't even have a biology. We have nothing. We are. That's all. We have is not part of it. Um, what we do have is virtues. That's what we do have. That is our property. That's true property, virtues, wisdom, but yeah, not things. It's not even bodies of things. That's impossible. Those are fleeting. Those belong to Kronos. That's why they get your children's soul to be sold to Satan when you, you put their footprint on the birth certificate, which specifically tells you plain and clear, crown copyright. Not you. You didn't copyright it. Kronos did. So all of these bodies, whatever, entities that own shit, they belong to Timmy. <laughs> it's Timmy and Tommy, man. And see, as I said to you before, Tom, atom means unity, but Tom, what does Thomas mean? It's an Aramaic word. It's pretty universal. There's, there's the tomb of Thomas, St. Thomas in India. There's St. Thomas in my, the town my father was born in in Italy, San Tommaso. Uh, there's the month of Tammuz, which is the Jewish month of cancer, the sign we're in right now. It's called Tammuz. There's um, all of this Tom. You know what Tom means? Hmm. Well, it must mean the opposite of unity, of atom, because the, the alpha privative in Greek deprives the following word of its true meaning. So Tom must mean what all the dictionaries, etymological dictionaries, tell us. It means twin, Thomas the twin, Thomas Didymus. Did, did, dim, dim, dimmus. Dim means twin. Dim means light that is dim because it's red and blue. It's not white light. It's dimmed. And that's what dim and tom and dom and atom and satin, it's all about conditions of light. Because, and that's why drummers play their tom-toms. Yeah, because it's atoms, it's atomic, it's sound, tom-tom, tom-tom. That's why your heart has a thymus gland attached to it, and it's a twin gland, because it's the Thomas gland. And that's why your heart is dominus, because when you listen to it in meditation, it says, dum-dum, dum-dum, dum-dum. You listen to anyone's heart, and there it is. There's the dum. That's why they said in India, all is um. Hmm. Your body, the sound of your body is telling you, your heart is speaking to you the words of Om. Because every day there's 21,900 um, uh, 21, beats of, and breaths. Um, uh, no, sorry, the, that's breaths. But um, I think the, the heartbeats are 25,820, the processional number, uh, every day. And so, you know, dum, dum. Dum 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 dum, but we're not listening. And dum means twin because at dum means unit, one. And all there is in the universe is a oneness and a duality. One and two, the number 12. The whole universe is 12, period. 12 is the perfect way to describe the universe if you're going to have one thing to describe it. Or the number seven. Take your pick. Is there a significance that red and blue make purple? Yep, of course there is. Absolutely. And the opposite of, of green is magenta, which is purple, really. 
Um, but, um, yeah, red and blue, your bottom um, chakra, of the bottom of your torso is red, mm-hmm. right? And the top where your throat is, the top of your torso, that chakra is blue. See, because red is the letter R and blue is all about the letter L. And both of those can be found in Atum, the proton and the electron. Because there are three things that are born from atom. The neutron, the proton, and the electron. See, these two letters that can be prolonged, R, L, these are called liquids. The R is called the rhotic liquid, and the L is called the lateral liquid. These are consonants that have special specializations. And see... The proton must have an R in it and the electron, its opposite, must have an L. The letter R, see, proton is really pyroton. You've got to insert the Y. Pyro is fire. Mm. The L in electron, that's liquid. That's water. L, liquid. L, L, liquid. And, And land, land, earth. So your electron is doing all of the emotional things. That's your emotional archetype inside of Atum. And the R is the mental archetype. The letter R is the 18th letter of the alphabet, 666. The letter L is the 12th letter of the alphabet, 66. L, therefore, is the circle L, the circumference of L. Everything to do with L has to do with circles. Cycle, circle, final, kill, um, final. Uh, well, well, I just said that, but all of these words that end with L, because L is the perfect number, it's 12, it's 12-ness. It is the complete number of celestial divinity, one plus two. And, and, um, and so... The proton and the electron, see, 12, L, the letter L is 12, so it is the representative of the 36912 system of Tesla, and the letter R is reverts back to um, the 9, um, because it's the 18th letter, and half of 18 is 9, but, but um, double... 18 plus 18 is 36, hence 360. So the letter R in the proton and the letter L in the electron, the two chief archetypes, and this is Israel, by the way, the neutron, the proton, and the electron. Is Isis is neutral light, white light. She's the, the virgin because white light doesn't vibrate. Red light, the proton, ra-ra radiation, and um, the electron... L, the letter L, uh, luminescence, radiation and luminescence, the creators of the world, uh, red and blue, these um, these are Israel, you see. No matter what science you're dealing with, you will find these this trinity, you will find these archetypes, you know, they, they won't elude you. And so Israel, red, white and blue, you see all your flags, look at the Union Jack. Um, Jack is short for Jacob, the son, Israel. Mm. Jacob changed his name to Israel when he, um, you know, when he um, 
uh, fought with the angel and won, and the angel said, you shall now be called Israel. So the Union Jack is the Union Jacob. What you see with those colors, red, white, and blue, is a profound teaching because this is the sun, this is the cross of Constantine, the labarum, um, which which is the sun traveling through the equinoxes and the solstices. That's all it is. Hmm. And it's called it's called the labarum, labra, labracadabra, because um, the same pattern you see on the Union Jack is at the Vatican um, pavement of St. Peter's Square. Yes. And you'll see, yeah, if you look at a 10-minute YouTube video called Christianity Revealed, Sun Worship, Christianity Revealed is the name of the, um, the YouTube video. I recommend everybody watch that 10 times and then you'll get it. And look at the Union Jack and you'll understand what... What Jack is? Jack, be nimble. Jack, be quick. Jack, jump over the candlestick. The candlesticks are the equinoxes. Hmm. When the sun jumps, when the sun jumps over them, we rejoice. We celebrate Christmas, Easter, Ramadan, uh, Tishri, Yom Kippur. They all happen when the sun jumps over. Jack, be nimble. Jack, be quick. When he jumps over the candlesticks of the equinoxes and the solstices in the tropical signs, Aries, the Lamb of God. Cancer, the scarab of Christ. Libra, the scales of justice. And Capricorn, you know, the, the sacrificial goat of, of salvation. And so these are the four sacred um, the signs. And, um, and this uh, science is the science of how we come in and leave because these four signs are portals. Cardinal signs, these are, these are the four cardinal signs, the tropical signs, because they're, they're always situated on the tropics. Aries and Libra on the equinoxes, vernal and autumnal. Cancer at the Tropic of Cancer and Capricorn at the, Cap, at the Tropic of Capricorn. These are the wave amplitude now. This is unbalance. Aries and Libra, they balance the wave. They're, they're equinoxial. But these four cardinal signs, they have all the force of the ecliptic in them, 50% of it. 30% goes to the fixed signs and 10, 20% goes to the, the mutable signs, which are the weakest. The fixed signs, Leo, Taurus, um, Scorpio and um, Aquarius, these are weaker than the cardinal signs. <clears throat> cardinal signs are first and the strongest. And so they are the portals. And um, what are portals? Well, that's what the ancients told us, that at Cancer, at the solstice, is the gateway of men. Souls come into our soul system, solar system when the sun is in Cancer. Hmm. And the Tropic of Capricorn was called the gateway of the gods. Well, Saturn rules Capricorn. And we come into incarnation through the rings of Saturn, go all the way through the seven heavens, through the earth, through the moon, the last one, onto the earth. Then when we've exhausted our selfhood and our desire to be an individual, then we return to the universal and we climb that ladder. And Saturn's the last one waiting for us, man. And if we don't got the currency that he requires for ascension, we fall back down that ladder, man, rung by rung. Hmm. And we come back, and the moon, besides, I mean, if, if we haven't got the right currency, the moon is, she's the prima donna, she's the letter A, she's the number one, she will not let you go beyond her rings. That's why 
Um, people who are bounced, souls that are bounced back to reincarnate are called monsters and demons. Deities of the moon, moon stars, monsters, demons. Mm. Oh, oh, he's a monster. His mother was lovely, but her son, oh, he's a monster. He's a demon. Well, yes, because that soul that was born in the womb of a good woman and became a thief and a killer and a murderer was bounced back by the moon to become a monster and a demon. The teachings tell us that. Pinocchio teaches that. What happened to his friends? Ulysses, what happened to his friends? They were turned into swine. Mm-hmm. Probably because they, they're eating swine. Who knows? You know, in the end, you are what you eat. Why do we say you are what you eat? Because it's true. If you eat swine, you are a swine. There's no, there's no looking good at a, cafe, a French cafe when you're eating, um, you know, pig's bum called bacon and eggs. There's no looking good at all. There's nothing at all. A, a philosopher will laugh at you. A mystic will know where you are. You are in prison, in hell, in a murderous, lustful, painful situation. You are anyone you see eating pork, anyone, anyone, rest assured, they are miserable, depressed, and in severe, all kinds of trouble, full of parasites. There are so many worms and grubs and parasitic entities that live in pork flesh. For a start, just buy yourself a microscope for a start um, and, and get that one behind you. But eating pork is the lowest. It's worse than cannibalism. Um, I think a cannibal is more dignified than anything that eats pork. Pork is just truly, truly, truly disgusting. And the Roman elites... Um, um, put human DNA in some of those domestic um, types of pork. Clearly, you can see it. Their, their um, organs and skin are so similar to the DNA of humans. Yeah. And basically, all of these um, people that uh, you know have bacon and eggs for breakfast, they're just basically they're eating their own kind. So they're not only swine, but they're cannibals. This is, this is sad. This is so cruel. I, my heart goes out to these people that are eating meat. And my heart goes out and I cry for them. Um, you know, but at the same time, I let them go. Um, I've, I've, done, I've ate, eaten meat all my life up until seven years ago. Um, I've done injurious things. I've done bad things. I've done things I regret. Um, so I'm allowing myself to have done those things. I will allow anyone else. I love them much the same, uh, uh, just the same. There's no hate. There's just urgency. And um, the truth must be told. You know, we must change what we eat because if you are what you eat well then if you're eating blood well then did was that animal killed yes or no of course it was did it die right and have you inquired uh, oh flesh eater as to whether that animal was fulfilling its um predestined or perceived purpose that it had for instance that little calf that gives you those nice veal steaks you know, that one-month-old calf that was snatched away from its loving mother as it was screaming as they, the farmers came along to sell it to the abattoirs so that the restaurants can be richened and made richer by murder. And the abattoirs and all the businesses in between, the businesses of Rome and her harlotry, um, did one inquire as to whether that veal enjoyed being in its body? And did one inquire as to whether... Um, these cows and these um, sheep are to be murdered really for our 
better eating. Um, not enough bananas on the planet, apples, I don't know, cherries, watermelons. Uh, you can stuff yourself like a glutton, like an absolute pig with just fruit alone. And you can do it. There are people that are just fruitarians, you know. Then there's vegetables, there's seeds, there's nuts. No wonder Porphyry and Plutarch and Pythagoras and Ovid and all the greats said, when the animals are screaming when you're cutting their throats, don't you think just because they're sound is in is not um voiced um but they have uh you know they don't have speech but they have voice don't you think that they are trying to tell you that they would rather be alive and are they not saying i do not begrudge you your better eating but you're eating but i do begrudge you your better eating for do you not have bounty of fruits and vegetables that the sun provides for you why is it that we have to do these unnatural things? We have to cut the animals up with tools, kill them with tools, cook them with tools, and put them into our mouths with tools. We don't pick them up with our fingers. Oh, no, we, we've got knives and forks. We're so sophisticated with this uh, bloody murder that we put into our intestines. Imagine what good it's doing to you. Um, there's, there's not a vegetarian that belongs to any um, army on this planet. I can promise you that with all my heart. There's not one. Because when you become a vegetarian, <laughs> you ain't going to be a soldier and kill and murder and anything. You will not hurt a fly. You will never hurt a fly. You will let the spiders and and all of them, you know, uh, live to an extent. I mean, you know, you, uh, <clears throat> you might be forced one day to have to protect yourself by killing some deranged, um, you know, animal. And that's acceptable. But these things are reasonably acceptable, but everything in its perspective. Um, if we support the culture of murder, and please, I invite any um, uh, persistent and determined meat eater who is listening to this, just go and spend five minutes at an abattoir, a good one. Don't worry about the bad ones. Go and see how some of those chickens are going and the geese in, in, in France that have got tubes connected to their throats and, and tied and locked with lock and key so that they can never, ever, ever um, uh, um, remove these geese that are so fat that blood is oozing out of their anus perpetually and their livers are so plump that the French love this pâté and uh, the geese that are chained from the moment they're born till they die so that the French can have plenty of pâté. Oh, it's... It's nice pate, uh, um, and these geese have. Imagine you're born, right? And someone comes and shoves a, a tube down your throat, and and continually thrust sludge down your throat, just so that they can have a byproduct of your pain. And that pate is full of pain, and all of those meats and steaks that we're eating in this Saturnian world is full of pain and anguish, and injections and all kinds of disgusting, evil things. And don't we ever for one moment think that there are uh, unscrupulous people that are designing all this by design so that we can remain stupid and blind in perpetuity so that we can be harvested for our energy? And is, would that be why we are paying taxes and rates and, and levies and fines and money and everyone and our pensioners are starving to death and they want more care, Obamacare from us and they want more money from us and... Prices keep going up and up and up, and all of it goes back to fill the coffers of the Rothschilds and the Vatican and to support pedophilia 
because it's a good business when you're sodomizing little children and hurting them so that they can be traumatized forever and harvested forever. It's time in that we um, wakey wakey, I think, you know. And so, hmm. syncretism the answer. There's only one answer. It's it's not going to come from Islam. It's not going to come from Christianity, and yet it will if it's syncretized. That's my message, bro. Um, hope you like it. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And it should be all of our messages, uh, all of our, uh, our message, because. Um, this is the truth that is in every one of us, our hearts. There's no one that doesn't speak what I'm speaking, really, from their hearts. Everyone resonates with this. Everyone does. I, I would I would be hard-pressed to find anyone who would just hate what I'm saying, you know. And yet there are people out there, there are shills out there who are truly, truly trying to distract people from syncretism. I think there's a lot of distraction going on right now. Yeah, man. That's how putrid these uh, shills are. Truly, truly know the truth, guys. Uh, be responsible and get on the path. You are what you eat. Start with that. Whatever you put in, whatever you eat mentally, spiritually, emotionally and physically is what you are. So if you start at the base with your food and eating more raw food because raw food has the vital life force in it. Cooked food does not, man. From cooked food comes depression, anger, hatred, violence, Wars, killing, because we're cooking the food. The food is angry now. You see, you, you can just put any kind of instrument, measuring instrument on a, a banana that is raw and one that's cooked, and you will see the auric field, how much it suffers, and the, 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 the color change and the, the loss of vitality. These are devitalized um, uh, de foods. So I would start there and then reach up to the mystical heights of syncretism and learn it, know it, practice it, live it and breathe it. And um, absolutely, the ultimate reward will be liberation from material pain and suffering and eternal bliss in the everlasting unconditioned. Well, I think this was an incredible message you put out tonight and I encourage everyone to go to your YouTube channel and look for your new material coming out. And thank you so much for doing this. And if you want to do a show on Uranus, absolutely welcome to. Done. Next one. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure. See you, brother. Take care, man. That was an absolutely fantastic show. And I hope you take what he said to heart and look into the material. That's it for this episode. We'll see you soon.